Hello everyone and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, I'm going to be going over what I think each CDL team that qualify for champs needs to do in order to win the event. Um, kind of a different episode here. Obviously, we're still a couple weeks away from champs. I wanted to save the predictions for my full bracket predictions until next week uh, to dive into it. So it's kind of the week of in case anything wild happens or, you know, um, anything crazy happens or I change my mind or something. So we're going to be going over what each team needs to do in order to win champs today. If you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, and if you guys are on the audio platforms, be sure to drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. Um, we're still at the point where like 75, 80% of you that watch or listen on YouTube aren't subscribed. So if you're not and you listen regularly, I'd appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. Um, we're over 500 subs now. We hit that crazy milestone. And I just appreciate all the continued support. So this one might end up being uh, a little bit longer if you're on the audio platforms or on YouTube. You know, bear with me. Let's uh, let's go over this. And um, I'm really put a lot of hard work into this episode. Um, I did a little digging on Matt Vito's and stats and a lot of stuff like that and really kind of dug deep into each team and did a little bit of research. So I'd appreciate if you guys showed some support on this one. And also um, the main thing that I would love more than anything, more than a like, more than a comment, uh, or not more than a comment, actually more than a like, more than a subscribe um, would be if you guys comment down below what you think. You don't have to comment every team. You don't have to write a novel to me on what you think they need to do to win, but comment down below um, what you maybe think a couple teams need to do uh, in order to win or what you need to see out of them. Obviously, like teams that are maybe less favored, like Boston or London, like they may have to do a lot more and maybe you don't think it's realistic, but I wanted to do one thing or a few things for each team that I believe I need to see um, that would make them win the event. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, I guess there is one piece of news maybe we should talk about uh, before we dive into this full episode of talking about the teams, and that's the Valley news. Obviously, um, I'm not breaking this to any of you, I'm sure, that are listening to this. I'm sure you've all heard because it's a few days old at this point that Veli resigned ahead of champs. Um, kind of sucks to see because Veli, I, I don't know what your opinion is, any of you out there, but I thought Veli was fantastic on the desk. I thought he was super entertaining. I thought he brought really good energy, um, and you could see as the year picked up, like in the beginning, you could tell maybe he didn't know a ton of the players, and he had to like uh, like look more at their names and didn't know a ton about them, and then as the year goes on, he started to pick up more and more knowledge, and you could tell he got more comfortable, and I thought he was doing a fantastic job and was getting better and better every time he appeared on the screen. He seemed to be getting better. Um, so it sucks to see him go. We've really had that that role of like the facilitator on the desk, um, switch hands a lot. Like at one point it was Katie Bedford, then it was Lottie for a while, and now it's uh, Veli, and it's kind of just you know switching hands. So um, kind of sucks to see him go. Obviously, I don't know too much about the whole situation. I wasn't there. We have Krim saying one thing happened with a couple casters, and we don't technically know officially who the casters were that were in the dispute, and. Um, Kind of a whole mess there, so um, hopefully everything gets resolved. You know, maybe they can work it out and Veli can come back or something uh, if there's not too much trouble on the back end of things. But it'll be interesting to see who they bring back. I could see them bringing like Lottie back as like a freelance one event. Only thing about that I don't know is I don't know how much of, uh, attention Lottie's been paying since she left because I know she's been working in Halo and stuff and maybe some other esports. I know she for sure went back to Halo at least for a little bit, so I don't know if she's been paying a ton of attention to the CDL this year, so maybe she won't feel comfortable if um, she hasn't been watching too closely. But it would be nice to see maybe somebody with some experience in it like uh, like Lottie or maybe they bring on like a former pro, bring Doug on the desk or something, uh, or just like have one of the casters up there facilitating or something like that. So that'll be interesting to see who they bring on for that, but it sucks to see Veli go because I think he was doing a fantastic job. All right, now we're officially going to get into the team. So um, I didn't really want to like pick a random order or whatever, like go uh, from like who I think is the biggest contender to who I think is the least contender. I just literally went by seeding pretty much. Um, it goes like eight down to one seed uh, in pretty much that order. It might flip around once because I might have accidentally mixed up 
surge in Ravens, but either way, it's basically going to go by seeding. Um, and like I said, I'm going to go over points on what I think, like if, if this team can do this, I think they'll have a good chance uh, to win the event or this is the formula they need in order to have a chance to win the event. Obviously like a team like Boston, who I maybe think is more towards the bottom. I'm obviously not saying like they're going to win the event. And this is why I'm more saying like, Hey, if they do this, this, and this, this is what I think gives them the best chance to, to make a run and win the event. So we're going to go over that, uh, and we're starting with the eighth seed, who is maybe one of our top three contenders to win this event, and that's NYSL. Um, a couple things I think they need to do. I think it's obvious. Uh, I'm probably going to say this for a lot of the teams. I'm going to pick out maybe like a player or two that I think needs to have a big event. Um, that might be a common theme through each team. And for NYSL, to me, it's Hydra. I think Hydra needs to be a superstar again. He's not been playing poor by any means. He's still been playing very good. Um, but if you look at Major 4, um, he had a 1.02 overall KD at the tournament. I feel like he needs to be more in that 1.15 range to make them win it all because um, let's say NYSL is to win champs. I don't think it's going to be like a Krim MVP. I don't think it's going to be, be a Paul MVP. I mean, with the way Kismet played at Major 4, maybe it'll be a Kismet MVP. But I feel like we all know that Hydra is this team's most talented player and their biggest upside slayer. I feel like we need to see him dropping a consistent 1.15+. plus. Uh, to make them win it all like he needs to be the best player on the map for them um, pretty much at all times for them to win it we need to see some consistency from Krim and Paul obviously we know like Krim was saying Paul played pretty well uh, at major four despite his KD maybe not saying so but like you it's pretty tough to have uh, a player dropping in the point sevens low point sevens and win an event the last time I can really remember it happening was in World War II when TK went back to back early in the year I believe theory was in the point seven range in both those events uh, and like Kenny, Chino, Accuracy were all such big upside slayers and they played the game so correctly and they were a good search team that they were able to keep winning. Um, but I don't know in this day and age, especially in Vanguard with how mixed it is, if you can consistently having a guy drop in like a point seven and win no matter how many assists he's getting. I know I know Paul did not play that bad at the major and I know Paul's a fantastic player, but I'd just like to see their worst person on their team, KD-wise, being more around that upper point eight to lower point nine. Um and I need to see more consistency from Krim. He has moments where he pops off, but he has moments where you look at him in a respawn and hard point, he's 6 and 16 after one rotation. And it's like, man, the other AR and the other team is just dominating. And we know it's champs. Krim's probably going to step up and he's going to look great because that's what Krim does. There's a reason the guy has three rings. Uh, he steps up at champs and steps up when he needs to. So I expect Paul and Krim to step up. Um, and to me, what game mode is it going to be that they need to be good at? They're going to have to dominate hard point. I think becoming a good Gav hard point team, um, could be an option for them so that oh um so that they have the option to veto Tuscan potentially because you know when you go over to their stats here and pulling them up um in terms of hard point records you know their hard point records are a little bit skewed in a way because of how bad they started you know like many of these losses uh were not with this current roster because remember like New York had that crazy streak where they couldn't even win a hard point um for the longest time and now they're like one of the best hard point teams if not the best in the game um but I like the idea of them improving at Gav so they can maybe open up the, the veto into Tuscan because they're not the best Tuscan team in the world, but they do seem to be a very, very, very good Berlin team uh, as they are 12 and 5 in Berlin hardpoint. They're 6 and 5 in Bocage. And we know specifically this uh, iteration of the roster has been dominant in Bocage. So they're very good at Berlin and Bocage. And they're 7 and 10 on Tuscan. They're definitely not bad, but they're only 4 and 4 on Gav. Teams don't have as much. Um, don't have as much film on them on that. They vetoed it 14 times. I really think that like Hydra or Kismet, whoever you wanted, could pull out that extra AR and give them that AR support that they need, and you know they could compete with these teams on Gav. So, um, they, <clears throat> excuse me, they really want to leave Berlin and Bocage one of the two. I mean, ideally both for them. They want to leave one of those two in, but 
if they can really improve on Gav and give them the flexibility to some series they ban uh, Gav, some they ban Tuscan, and make them more of a variable and not just be like, hey, coming into the series, we know New York's uh, banning Gav, so we can ban one of their maps, and then we square up on Tuscan. Like, if New York can add that Gav as a strong part of their uh, map pool, I think they're going to be very good, and uh, they have a chance to be the best hardpoint team at the event, and I believe that's what they need to do to win this event. They have to be a team that's consistently winning uh, maps 1 and 4 in almost every series. They have to be at a very high win rate in hardpoint in order to have a chance to win this um, this event at COD Champs. All right, next team going into the 7th seed, that is the Toronto Ultra. Um, to me, I think it comes down to a little bit of hardpoint here. I'll get into more uh, points later, but kind of backing off that, um, that hardpoint, point with nysl um for ultra i believe they need to hone in on their tuscan and berlin hardpoint specifically they're two and ten on gav on the year um and they can play bocage all right you know they're probably more of a middle of the pack bocage team but pretty much everybody besides like thieves uh, like they all seem to play bocage um and when you pull up uh toronto stats here on the hps they're six and six on uh berlin and they're eight and eleven on tuscan so they're not like the worst team ever and a lot of those can be attributed to remember they had that stretch in the middle of the year where they couldn't win a hard point either and that kind of maybe skews their stats a little bit they haven't uh, have been as bad recently but um they probably are going to auto veto gav on pretty much every series and i don't actually hate that because they are two and ten on it they really do struggle um on gav However, they're six and six on Berlin. They're seven and nine on Bocage, eight and eleven on Tuscan. Like not absolutely awful on any of those maps. So to me, I think I'd like to see them uh, banning Gav every series. I feel like other teams are going to veto Tuscan or Berlin against them because people are going to leave in Bocage. Toronto's not the best Bocage, and everybody else seems to be able to play it. Um, so I like the idea of, um, excuse me, of Toronto banning gav like they always do and then the other team vetoes either tuscan or berlin and they hone in those two so whatever one is left in between tuscan and berlin they're very good at um and then they take their shot on bocage so they get their crack at bocage you know they have almost a 50 50 win rate if they're able to win that great and then you really hone in your tuscan and berlin and make sure those are your two strongest maps because you're going to get one of them in every series and then whatever one that is you try to be super strong at it and you win it because if they're able to get a bocage or a berlin uh, or a tuscan hardpoint win in a series i like their chances because they're an okay control team you know they're nothing crazy in control they're 18 and 6 overall but um they're five and three on both tuscan and berlin eight and uh or excuse me five and three on both berlin and gav eight and ten on tuscan they're a team that's pretty good overall at control like I like their chances. It's about a 50-50 for them on that as well. But we know what Toronto's going to win through. If they're going to win this event, it's going to be through Search and Destroy. So that's why I'm saying they need to hone in those two specific hard points. Because if they get a Bocage in every series and one of those two, if they can win one of those and they have a 50-50 at control, I like their chances to win two Search and Destroys in any series because we know how good they can be. Um, and that kind of brings me to my next point. I think Toronto Ultra have to be the best S&D team at the event. Uh, in order to win it they have to be willing to play all maps and really study up and like basically have no auto veto just go based on whatever the other teams um maybe best searches you ban it so they can't have it um, or a search that you think you don't match up very well against them you ban it they need to be flexible and not have an auto veto they need to study up on every map be great at it and be by far the most studied up and best s d team at the event if they're able to you know hone in those hard points um, keep their control at about a 50 50 rate and be the best search team that's their formula to win um, and last point kind of talking about individual players cami and kleenex have to be superstars and respawn um, in order to get that one respawn maybe two on the board in a series um, those two have got to be back to like kleenex really has been pretty good all year but cami's been up and down he's got to be back to cold war cami frying and kleenex has to be in your face getting a ton of engagements influencing the map 
and they have a chance. Because, I mean, if Toronto's out here winning two respawns in any series, you almost have to believe that they're going to end up winning that series because it'd be pretty hard for me to believe that they lose two searches. So uh, that's kind of the formula for them, in my opinion. Going to our sixth seed, it's the Boston Breach. Um, kind of the same as Ultra in a little bit of a way. They have to be the best S&D team at the event if they want to win it all. Um, we know they've kind of fallen a little bit in Search and Destroy from where they were. Um, overall, all year, they've been like a, I'd say, a good Search and Destroy team. At one point, we might have considered them a little better as overall in the year, they're 21 and 23. Um, earlier on in the year, we were considered them maybe a little stronger as they've fallen off a bit. But, you know, still, I believe that they're probably not going to be one of the better respawn teams. I feel like when they play teams with the slaying upside of a phase of an NYSL, of an Optic, of a Thieves, um, even of like a surge, I feel like they're not going to have the advantage in the slaying department uh, in respawn, especially. So that's going to, you know, carry over and potentially hurt them if they're not good at search. Because I can't see this team winning too many respawns. Like, I don't see this team winning a lot of series through two respawns. I feel like their series wins are going to be through one respawn and two searches a lot of times. I mean, maybe the occasional one search, two respawn, three, one win or something. Um, but I can't exactly see them winning many series that aren't going to a map five where they win one respawn. Um, I don't necessarily think Nero has to be a star, but we need him to be definitely at the level he's been at the last two majors. Maybe not like consistent 1.3s like he was randomly dropping in the qualifiers, but we need him to be around that 1.1 as a consistent slayer. And we need methods to be major two methods. Uh, I know I'm asking a lot here. I'm asking Nero to be a superstar. I'm asking methods to have the 1.27 he had at major two. But I think Boston is probably my seventh or eighth ranked team at champs. So they're going to need a lot um, and they're going to need superstar performances from basically everyone in order to win because I think they're probably the seventh or eighth best team at champs. They're one of the most unlikely teams to win. So like their standards for what they're going to need in order to win have to be higher than these other teams because we know that they're the underdogs. Um, I feel like this goes without saying, but we know TJ Haley has to be consistent. We say that every event with him, it's like at some points he looks like he could be a, a superstar player and at other points it's like, why is he even on this team? It's like he is so up and down, um, but we need him to stay consistent around that like 0.95 range or something. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could be a 0.95 and he could look very good. Uh, we need Nero to stay consistent. Major two methods with that 1.27 he had. TJ to be consistent. And we know what Viv is going to give us, to be honest. Um, I don't know if Viv is going to have like a crazy KD, but he's going to give us that insane pace he plays with and just get up in your face and, you know, create a lot of chaos in the map, open up the lanes for other teammates. I feel like that's why Nero's been so good recently is because the addition of Vivid has allowed him to really roam a little more and have more freedom as Viv is all up in everybody's face and getting that done. Uh, but like I mentioned, comes down to, you know, Vivid being himself, TJ trying to not have as many low lows. Um, hopefully he can keep those high highs, but not as many low lows and then methods and Nero being stars. And like I said, I know that's kind of asking a lot of this team. I'm asking two of their players to be at their best form. We've seen them all year and, um, them to be the best search team. But once again, like what phase needs to win is going to be a lot less than what breach needs to win because phase are just flat out the better team overall. Like phase don't need all their players to be superstars in order to win. Um, cause the talent level of them is just higher than what it is in the breach. Um, Moving on to our next team, that's Seattle Surge. Uh, I think the first given for this team is probably Pred. He's got to keep it up. He's been unreal. I mean, he's, I think most people would say he's pretty much solidified himself uh, as the winner of the Rookie of the Year award unless something wild happens. Um, he's pretty much solidified himself in that award, so he needs to keep it up. Uh, one thing I do think needs to happen is Sib and Mac. I think they've got to be, you know, Sib, that superstar and Mac, that, like, consistent player on the sub that we saw earlier i mean 
If you look at major three qualifiers in tournaments, Sib had a 1.15, and then in all of major four, it was a 1.05. It's nothing crazy. I mean, he wasn't, like, getting destroyed, but, you know, his KD went down a full um, 0.1. Like, it went from 1.15 to a 1.05, and we expect him to be a superstar, and I truly believe him and Pratt have to be that superstar duo in order for Surge to win because their road through is going to be tough. I mean, they get Ravens right away. They have a pretty good chance to beat them, I think, but... Then they play the winner of uh, FaZe and NYSL if they end up winning their first-round match. And, you know, FaZe and NYSL might be two of our hottest teams. I mean, FaZe maybe not hot, but we we know they're FaZe. They're going to be very tough out at champs no matter how, how they look with the talent on that team. And then NYSL is one of the hottest teams in the league right now coming off that last event. So we're going to need Sib to be a superstar along with Pred. Um, and then Mac. He hasn't been like a crazy slayer, but he's been one of their, their better players at points this year. Um and he had a 1.02 through all of major three qualifiers in tournament and then went to a 0.91. Uh, another like 0.11 drop-off, a pretty significant drop-off. Um, we need to see Mac back around that 1.0 level and just you know gap-filling for this team, allowing Sib and Pred to be the superstars, and then obviously Accuracy holding it down the back. I just feel like we need Sib and Mac to get back to form, and uh, if they're back in that form, watch out for this team. Um, I think different than Breach and Ultra, I'm maybe not necessarily looking at them to dominate Search and Destroy, although like any team, they're going to have to be good in Search and Destroy, obviously. But to me, they have to dominate in Hardpoint specifically. They usually tend to have Ice in like those Search and Destroy modes uh, with accuracy in the team, you know, but they need to dominate Hardpoint in my opinion. They're 0-6 on Gavutu Hardpoint. Like I looked at that like a thousand times to make sure it wasn't wrong, and I still don't know. Like Correct me if I'm wrong. I still feel like this is wrong on Breaking Point. Like There has to be a typo, but... It says here that in Gav Hardpoint, they're 0-6. They apparently haven't won a Gavutu the entire season. If they can somehow not have that be an auto-veto for them and they can surprise teams, that could be a key to their run, in my opinion. Um, kind of like an EG run in World War II where they had they came with a very different map pool than people expect them to have because they practiced so much and you know switched up their vetoes and vetoed odd things in different series um and we're able to bring like random maps that people didn't think they had in their back pocket to champs and that's maybe a reason for their improbable run to win with that team in world war ii so obviously i'm not like advocating that surge are just leaving gavin every single series and playing it all the time because they're 0 and 6 but like they're 9 and 7 on tuscan 11 and 8 on bocage 6 and 6 on berlin i feel like a lot of people are probably going to ban bocage on them because that is probably their best hard point map um and then they usually are going to ban gav but let's say they don't have a terrible matchup on gav against whoever they're playing if they can somehow incorporate that in their map pool surprise teams because they i mean people haven't seen them on gav that much i wouldn't absolutely hate a world where they add that in but i feel like they're gonna need to widen that map pool be confident on all four maps um and dominate hardpoint and be a very very good respawn team because i think for this team search can kind of come second nature they have some talented search players but it's just a matter of can they be a dominant hardpoint team instead of just a good one moving <clears throat> moving on to the london royal ravens who surge are playing um in the first round there's one thing i have for this team uh, i pulled up some stats through breaking point kind of went through things um i think you guys know what i'm going to say it's the online to land translation so in the major four qualifiers um i'm going to read their online kd and then their land kd first and they did have two matches on land so it was like an okay sample size but zero went from a 1.13 um, in the online qualifiers to a 0.81 on LAN. Gizmo went from a 1.04 to a 0.85. Afro went from a uh, 1.03 to a 
uh, and Nasty went from a .96 to a 1.0. So Nasty actually did go up a little bit. He played a little better KD-wise on LAN. Afro went down .13. I mean, Gizmo went down, was that .19? Uh, crazy drop from him. And, I mean, Zero went down like .3. Like a crazy, crazy drop for those three players. And Nasty got a little better KD-wise on LAN. But that's been the talk all year is how good London have looked online at times and how bad they've been on LAN apart from Major 1. Um, overall, they're online to land this season. Zero goes from a 1.03 to a 0.98. Gizmo, the insane one, a 1.1 to a 0.86. Afro, a 1.07 to a 0.95. And then Nasty, a 0.96 to a 0.94. So Nasty's really been the most consistent player. Um, over the course of the year, he's only dropped 0.02 on land, which is pretty much a negligible difference. Um, that's like roughly the same. Zeros is like almost negligible too. The 1.03 to the 0.98 is nothing like absolutely wild uh it's definitely noticeable but nothing crazy but the gizmo from a 1.1 to a 0.86 and afro a 1.07 to a 0.95 uh and to me nasty and zero on this team are meant to be more of the gap fillers and the role players and gizmo and afro um gizmo on your flex and afro on uh your your main sub like those two are meant to be the superstars in this team i mean as it shows online they're the two guys that are the heaviest slayers um and they're meant to be the superstars and they're just not performing like it on land which is sad to say but like to me that's literally the one thing i have to say like i have nothing else to say about this team besides i mean improve your control because they're pretty abysmal at control but improve your control and you've got to find a way to translate it to land like gizmos kd cannot be dropping by like a whole um like almost 0.3 and afros can't be dropping by uh, 0.12 like these two have got to be superstars on land so for me this team's pretty simple got to find a way to translate it to land uh but i know that can be easier said than done all right moving on to we're at our top three seeds now uh, i have a, maybe a little bit more notes uh to go in depth on these teams because you know we're kind of at the point where like you know nysl as the eight seed we know they can make a run because of how good they've looked but then like ultra breach surge london uh these are more of our probably long shot teams that are lower seeds you know, all going to be competitive teams for sure, but maybe more of a long shot. And then we're into our top three seeds, uh, three being the Thieves who are coming off. Um, obviously a win, so they're very hot right now. Optic being a two seed who's been pretty darn good all year, maybe struggling a little bit right now. And then FaZe, the team with the highest average placing. So we're into our top three. But Thieves, Kenny has to be the MVP again. Uh, I really think that We've got to see Kenny back in that form. He maybe doesn't have to pop off as crazy, but he's got to be in that form. Like we can't have him regress back to um, that really, really odd um, form that we saw him in where he's at like a 0 0.7, 0 0.8. Like he was really struggling when he first switched to the sub. I don't think he's going to regress that far. I don't necessarily know that we see him in MVP form because let's face it, it's rare for a player to have an MVP event. It's hard to do. There's a reason that um, very few players have multiple MVPs and it's, it's a hard thing to accomplish. So, I think Kenny has to be almost at that form for them to win again, though, because there's some tough teams here. I'd like to see them improve in Bocage Hardpoint, but I don't think it's a necessity. They are so good at Gavin Berlin Hardpoint, and they're solid enough at Tuscan that I like them vetoing Bocage in pretty much every series um, and then rolling the dice on Tuscan, which will probably um, be left in every series uh, for them because let me pull up their stats here. Um... You look at their Berlin, obviously, we know Berlin was their home at Major 4. They were dominant on that map. Um, and then they're 10-8 and 8 overall in the season. Gav, they're 9-5, and we know the whole don't chalice on Gav thing. They're pretty good um, on that map. They're 11-10 and 10 on Tuscan, pretty solid. 3-5 and 5 on Bocage, but they've banned it 29 times. They vetoed it compared to no bans of Gav, 3 of Tuscan, and then 6 of Berlin. So, I mean, they vetoed 
all other maps nine times and Bocage 29. So clearly they're going to veto Bocage out of every series. And normally I'm on like the Aches and, you know, Zuma and Parasite having an auto veto is horrible. But for Thieves, I don't necessarily think um, banning Bocage for them is awful since they're so good at the other three maps or dominant at two of them and then good at Tuscan. Um, but I think Tuscan's going to basically be played in every single series. Tuscan Hardpoint is going to be played in every single series that they play. And then one of Gaver Berlin. And I really like that because, I mean, they're going to win Gavin Berlin probably more often than not because they're so good at them. And they're also a good Tuscan team. I like them rolling the dice on there and just banning Bocage in every series. I think they keep that up. And they pretty much have the hard point advantage for almost anyone. Uh, to me, I think one key to them, they have one of the deepest map pools right now coming off that major. But I think they keep improving their Tuscan control and they can really surprise some teams. They're so good at Berlin control that, like we saw at the last event that I expect them to have it vetoed against them by almost every team. I expect them to play probably a Gav in every series or most every series. Um, although I could also see teams vetoing Gav against them because the whole don't chalice on Gav motto. Um, but if they improve at that Tuscan, like we saw them, I believe we saw them beat FaZe on that. If we see them continuing to improve on Tuscan control, um, and then maybe they ban Gav themselves to avoid another strong Gav team and challenge on Tuscan if they feel comfortable. I don't hate it because I think that, like I said, they ban Bocage and I like their three hard points. And then in uh, control, if they're banning Tuscan in most series or improving it, they're very good at the other two. If, it, if the Tuscan gets improved, then they're very good at all three controls. And overall, they're just basically good at every single respawn game mode except maybe a Bocage hard point. And they're going to be able to win two or three respawns in almost any series, in my opinion. And then they've got to find two S&Ds and become really great at them because uh, you're going to get at least one. To me, this is not a team that's going to win this uh, champs through search and destroy, which I know is kind of an odd thing because like a lot of times we do see um, it's rare that a team wins uh, a champs and they're not at least good in search and destroy. I would say good's the baseline. I feel like you have to be above average in search and destroy. You can't just get along with dominating fully through respawns. You have to be at least good. Um but I could see this team, you know, being one of the worst search and destroy teams to ever win a champs if they do it. Not saying they're bad, but I think they're going to be an absolute dominant respawn team if they end up winning. Um, but they have to find two S&Ds and become great at them because you're going to get at least one in a series. And if you can win two of your three respawns um, and you're able to take that one search that you're good at because um, you get two of them a series if you go five, then I, I feel like they have a very good chance to end up winning this event. Moving on to our second last team. Uh, we've got Optic. And oh boy, um, a lot to talk about here. Obviously, probably most of you guys listening are Optic fans because the majority of the COD scene is Optic fans. Um, I've got a lot to dive into here with them, some stats to, to pull up. First of all, Shotzi must be the superstar again. He went from a 1.09 overall KD through all of Major 1 and 2 qualifiers and tournament to a 1.02 in Majors 3 and 4 qualifiers and tournaments. Nothing like wild there, like not a crazy drop off, but I feel like we need to see him back at that 1.09 like... Um, I think Optic needs him at a 1.1 or better in order to win this tournament because I feel like he's going to have to be the MVP if they end up winning it all. Um, next thing, Champ Scump has to show up. I have no doubt that he will because we've really never seen Scump ever not show up at a Champs except World War II is like always the one exception you talk about and he had that really bad series uh, against EG to have them eliminated. But other than really that one instance, Champ Scump is a real thing. He always shows up. He always does it and if he's frying to his highest level at champs like he always does when he finds himself around a 1.1 or higher to me this is the most talent he's had behind him since probably the iw champs uh, if we're talking just champs rosters probably the most talent he's had on his side um and most high upside slayers he's had on his side since iw champs i mean 
you can look at last year. I, I think everybody would agree that Shotzi is a higher upside slayer than Envoy. Dashy's dashy. And then formal, you know, obviously, you know, normal formal, if he's at his prime and, you know, trying his, his hardest, he's one of the highest upside slayers there is. But, you know, maybe he was uh, not as into the game last year. Not that Illy's the highest upside slayer, but I feel like Illy is a third option behind Skump uh, as an upside slayer is pretty solid. And then, I mean, Dashy and Shotzi are insanely high level slayers um, when they want to be and when they're on point. So, I feel like if Scump is champ Scump and he's frying like we've seen him do in the past to a high level, he has so much talent behind him that they could just like ride that momentum with him opening up the map and they could just be a very, very heavy slaying team if he's in that form. Um, and I think that's the recipe for success for them because they feel like a team that's very momentum based. And if they start to fry overall and they're just getting every kill on the map, I feel like that's going to snowball into them playing more correctly on the map because they're just going to be so juiced and they're going to have so much momentum rolling for them. Uh I think the main thing for this team that I have to point out is their control has to get back on point. They have been bad in control recently, and that's really one of the main reasons they won Major 1, in my opinion, was because basically Map 3 was an automatic win for them. They like didn't lose controls in all of Major 1, um, and it was pretty much impossible to beat them in a series for that reason, because you basically knew that you were losing Map 3, so all they had to do was beat you in Maps 1 or 2, and they were going to have a 2-1 lead, and they just had a chance to close it out. Um, so I think that it has to get back on, on point. They can't win if they keep struggling to control. Um, for control, I think, I mean, just looking through it, I feel like they should ban Berlin because it's probably the most fluky and hard to control with the most offensive wins. You know, like you get one wave of kills, you can really stack that A point um, while they're spawning back P3 and you can just kind of funnel it and like stack it with three guys on there and get an easy cap. I think most teams are probably going to ban Tuscan against them, although I can see a world where they're not because Tuscan does seem to be the most played control map by far. So maybe most teams ban Tuscan against them because of their overall success. Um, so to me, they have to be honing in on Gav, which has been their auto veto, essentially. They vetoed Gav 27 times um, in control, and they've only vetoed Berlin and Tuscan twice each. So, I mean, four vetoes of the other two maps combined, and then Gav 27 times they vetoed it. So... I think they have to hone in on their Gav, to be honest. Ban Berlin and see what the other team bans between Gav and Tuscan. Um, they're 6-1 and one on Gav, though, despite banning it 27 times. But, I mean, most of those are played early in the year. I just like them getting Berlin out of there and then testing their luck on the other two, though. Like, they're 15-7 on Tuscan, even though many of those losses have come recently. Um, I like the idea, though, of banning Berlin. Get the most, like, fluky control map in a way out of there and then... Let the other team pick their poison between Gav, where you're six and one, and Tuscan, where you're fifteen and seven, and see if you can get back into that Tuscan form. Um, because I mean, if they can't get back into that form on Tuscan, they're not going to win the event. Um, I hate to break it, but if they're basically losing every control like they have been recently, it's going to be very tough to win an event because you're putting yourself in a two-one hole in almost every series. Uh, in that case, because a lot of times series are at one-one. You know, every once in a while they're two and zero, but a lot of times they are split one-one. So, like especially in optic, it seems to, that they go to one-one a lot recently. So, if they're losing that control, it's basically a, a pin to put you down two-one. And I mean, it's not impossible to come back from two-one, but obviously you'd always prefer to be up two-one than down two-one. Uh, no kidding. So, I'd like to see them improve their control. Uh, if they don't, they're not winning the event. Last thing for them, S and D. I think they should keep vetoing Desert. It's basically their auto veto, but it really does suck that they have to have an auto veto. Um, but they are very good on the other three maps overall in general, so I don't mind them auto banning uh, Desert. But it won't be the worst thing in the world. Like I feel like they have a chance to be good at Desert. Like with a guy like Dashy, um, 
and even Illy, they can snipe. You know, you can pull the sniper on Desert, maybe put that little wrinkle in there, and then you can have Shotzi and Scum kind of roaming that middle building and creating a lot of havoc with their sub play. Even Scum maybe pulls out an extra AR. You have um, Illy on an AR, you let Dashi pull out the sniper, and then you let Shotzi roam that house or something. Like, I feel like if they could somehow get Desert into their rotation and just really, like, widen their map pool um, in Search and Destroy with Desert, they'd have a chance to do something. But I don't hate it as their auto veto because they are very good in the other three. But to me... The key for them is stay like they've been a, probably uh, at least above average search team overall if you average out the year. Um, keep that in play. And then you've got to become very, very solid hardpoint team, but they've got to be that dominant control team again. Uh, maybe they don't have to be the dominant one that we saw where they almost never lost, but they can't be losing every single one or they're not going to win. All right. Our final team. I'm getting a little tired here talking about all these teams. Our final team. Atlanta phase, um, maybe the favorite to win the event. They are the number one overall seed, so they do have that veto advantage in every series. Got a couple points for them. Simp had a 1.04 at Major 4. Abizi had a 1.00, exactly a 1 at Major 4. Um, I think if Simp can get to that 1.1 range and Abizi can get to that like 1.05 range, that's really not much of an uptick for them. It's 0.06 for Simp, maybe a 0.05 for Abizi up. Just a slight uptick in their slaying, and I believe they'll be out slaying everyone because Selium needs to keep being the literal walking 1.2 he is overall uh across all online qualifiers and then all four majors the dude's got a 1.22 on the year i mean i think i heard like something on the flank that he has gone negative in like three series that could be completely off but i'm pretty sure i heard on the flank like it's just coming out of the back of my brain right now that uh that selium has only gone negative in like three series this year the dude's literally a robot he like is unkillable on the map at times um Always finds a way to stay alive, has some of the straightest shots, some of the craziest reaction time, just great map awareness. He's probably the, not probably, he 100% should be the MVP this season of the CDL. I don't know how he couldn't be. He's been unreal. He's been their best player wire to wire on a team that is full of MVP candidates normally. Um, but to me, if Simp and Abizi can step up their slaying, we need to see RCs around a one. Those guys just step up their slaying a little bit. We know Selim's going to keep being the MVP. They're going to outslay everyone, and that's going to really help them in their respawns. I don't mind them keeping Berlin as an auto veto in hardpoint because they're so good at the other three hardpoints. Basically, anytime somebody leaves Bocage in, you're almost giving them a free map. I mean, they're 14 and 5 on the map, almost a 3 to 1 win loss ratio. So, anytime Bocage is left in there, you basically get a free map. And if they ban Berlin and other teams ban Bocage, um, I really like them playing uh, Tuscan and Gav. They're very good on those maps. So, I don't mind them keeping Berlin as an auto veto. I think that helps them. Um, People religiously played them on Tuscan Control, it seemed like, at Major 4 for some reason. I don't think that happens again because they are 16-7 and seven on that map. But once again, like I said with Optic, uh, most teams do seem to favor Tuscan Control, so I could see them leaving it in and just ego challenging them on it. Um, I'd like to see them find a way to dominate Berlin. Um, they did dominate Bocage Hardpoint early on in the year, like I was talking about, when nobody else could figure out how to consistently win on Bocage. FaZe was consistently winning like they were 7 or 8 no at one point on Bocage or something like that early in the year. So if Berlin Control, you know, being a relatively new map, it's definitely the newest map in the map pool. Um, if teams are willing to leave it in versus them, FaZe could maybe find a way to make it their strong map. Um, if Tuscan is banned a lot and they end up being dominant at Berlin Control, that could be like a new wave, uh, a new swing map for them. They're 3-3 three and three on it this year and they're 8-7 and seven on Gav, so you know, it's basically a 50-50 for those two maps for them. But if they're able to make Berlin very strong, uh, I don't hate their chances to maybe make it their like main pick if Tuscan's getting banned a lot. Uh, I think that would lead to their success. Um, their S&D has to translate to LAN. Uh, they were dominant in the online qualifiers of Stage 4 for Search and Destroy, and then I think they went like 2-5 and five or 2-6 and six on LAN and S&D. So 
Search and Destroy's got to translate. It's so weird that it's not because a guy like Abizi is normally the league leader in first bloods. We know how good Simp normally is at Surge. Arceus is a solid Surge player. Selium's disgusting at Surge. Like, this seems to be a team that should be so good, but for whatever reason on LAN, at least at Major 4, they really struggled. Um, and then the last point to me, I think that would make FaZe a legitimate um, top team to win this event. I, I do think that they're one of the favorites to win the event, but something that would almost solidify them and like give them basically make them the auto favorite in my opinion would be someone other than Selium enters the conversation for MVP. They don't maybe have to be MVP, but they're a legit contender for the MVP conversation. Uh, not, I guess I shouldn't say MVP and I'm not talking regular season MVP, but someone other than Selium enters the champs MVP conversation and then phases the instant favorite in my opinion. Cause I think Selium's going to have a 1.2 at this tournament, basically no matter what, unless somehow he breaks his right thumb. I think he's going to have a 1.2 at this event. Um, I don't necessarily think Arsides is going to be the guy that enters the conversation. I expect him to be in that 0.95 to 1 range, kind of like he normally is, because his teammates are getting every kill on the map. But I expect him to be steady. To me, if Simper Abizi get back into form and, like like I said, they enter that MVP, that champs MVP conversation, phases the instant favorite, in my opinion, because Selium's going to be doing his thing. I think Arsides is going to be doing his thing. But if one of those tiny terrors is at that level we know they can get to, and we're talking about them as a potential player to steal the champs MVP away from Selium. Um, and you know, they're kind of battling for it. Boom. I think in, in that case phase is the instant favorite, uh, to win it all. So that's pretty much it for these teams. Um, we kind of dove into it and talked about what each team needs to do, what we need to see from them to win the event. You guys may agree. You may disagree with this, obviously. And there's probably so many more points you could make, but I didn't want to talk for an hour about each team because nobody wants to listen to an eight hour podcast. So just wanted to spend a few minutes on each team, kind of going over some key things, some, some high level things that I think um, could bring them to the next level. And if they do this, maybe they'll have a chance to win the tournament. Obviously you guys could bring up a lot more points. I'd like to see some new points from you. So each of you that listen, um, comment down below for every view. Let's get a comment on at least one team and what you think they need to do in order to win the event. Um, and if you want to comment on Boston, doesn't mean you think Boston's going to win the event. Nobody's going to shame you in the comments. Like, what do you think Boston needs to do in order to win the event? What do you, what do you need to see from them? What do you think optic needs to do? Um, that'll probably be the most commented thing. Cause obviously there's a lot of optic fans out there, but just comment down below what you think this team X team needs to do in order to win champs or make a run at it. Um, I'd really like to hear you guys thoughts. Cause I put a, a pretty good amount of time into this video, kind of coming up with these, these theories and, you know, tracking down stats and everything for it. So I'd really appreciate it. If you guys dropped your thoughts down below as well. Uh, if you're on the audio platforms and you did enjoy this one, be sure to leave a review, um, drop a like on it on there, drop a follow. If you're on YouTube, I'd really appreciate if you like comment and subscribe, that's going to do it for this one though. Uh, I really enjoyed putting this one together. I'll be back next week, um, with my predictions for champs finally, and then we'll get into, into the event next week. So thank you guys so much for watching and I will see you in the next one.